The Storms of Life Part 1 of The Storms of Life series A Sandman Potfic Written by Torte and read by Literarian Chapter 6 Summary This is not how it's supposed to go. This is a nightmare. Exactly, a tiny voice in his mind whispers. That's what it's supposed to be. Graham tries to teach Hob a lesson and is himself surprised. And when convulsive throes denied my breath, the faintest utterance to my fading thought, to thee, to thee, e'en in the gasp of death, my spirit turned, oh, oftener than it ought. Thus much and more, and yet thou lovest me not, and never wilt. Love dwells not in our will, nor can I blame thee, though it be my lot, to strongly, wrongly, Vainly love thee still, Lord Byron. Months turn into a year, then two. Andrew Pollock has grown a nice beard and is well-liked among the locals, and more than one mother has tried to introduce her daughter to him. He always makes excuses, goes even so far as to hint at certain things not working properly since he came back from the war. Hop still can't see himself marrying again, not after Eleanor. He has also no interest in any of the available women, or men. Annoying as it is, this time around Hop cannot stop thinking about his stranger. He has practice in the matter of forgetting about him for decades, at least in a way that has allowed him to enjoy life to the fullest. If he couldn't, the centuries since he has realized his true feelings for his friend would have been agony. Hop knows not to hope for his stranger's love. He has not even told him his name, and although he calls him friend now, his incredulous reaction at their meeting in 1889 had made it clear that his stranger is someone far above him, someone immensely powerful and possibly ancient, who balks at the mere suggestion of having a human friend. He is a god, maybe. But what god turns into a black ball of shadows and tentacles? A god of death, maybe? But the men who attacked Hob, Burgess, they are not dead. They are asleep. A god of sleep, then? Hob curses his choice of hideout for its lack of library. He orders a few books on mythology, but finds no helpful clues as to his stranger's identity. Still, no matter what his stranger is, who is Hob to hope for more than friendship? 
What good will it do him, this time around, to pine after him for the next hundred years? But he can't stop thinking about the burning look in his stranger's eyes when he fell against him in panic, glossy black limbs winding around him, the fluttering pulse under his fingers. It has been the most intimate he has ever witnessed his friend, the closest he has ever been allowed, and he can't stop thinking about him. His thoughts are turning around and around. Hop turns down invitations to dinner after dinner, knowing them as attempts to set him up with yet another pretty daughter, and stays in his cottage alone. In the evenings, he takes walks along the coast, watching the sky darken over the sea as the sun sinks behind him. Every night, Hop hopes for the dream of his stranger, even though it comes maybe once a month now. The shade has slowly moved towards him a tiny bit each time he dreams, and Hop can see the red bursts of starlight in his eyes glittering dangerously, the bloodless lips of his stranger parting as if in anticipation, the glint of sharp teeth behind them. There was only one step between them when Hop last woke from the dream. He has since waited for the weeks to go by with impatience. Has he thought about the possibility of his stranger truly being in his dreams? He has, especially since he seems to have power over sleep. Hop hopes fervently for this recurring dream to be a message of some sort, some strange way of his friend communicating with him. His attempts to speak to his friend's shadowy form have been unsuccessful so far. The look of those glowing eyes makes Hop's tongue knot itself in his mouth, and more often than not does he not even manage a single word. Last time he said, My friend, as the black shape lifted a claw to reach for him. That was all he managed before waking up. Summer has gone. It's a cool autumn night, and as Hop readies himself for bed, he feels a shiver run down his spine in anticipation. It's been more than a month. Maybe tonight? He takes a nightcap to calm his nerves and goes to sleep. Hop dreams of the cellar. He is again chained to the wall by the wrists, clad only in his nightshirt. Two men, one of them the guard they met at his warehouse, are coming towards him. This is all very familiar by now, Hop being used to the dream more than his own memory of the event it is based on. His stranger will appear in the next second and stop them. Except he doesn't. Hop frowns as nothing happens and the guard, 
who he knows is no longer a threat but still haunts his sleep, grins at him and lifts a long hunting knife. He sets the tip at Hop's collarbone and pulls the blade down, cutting a long, sharp line through his shirt and skin underneath, stopping at the bottom of his sternum, ready to push the blade in. No, Hop whispers, horrified. This is not how this dream usually goes. Will he not come? The man laughs and grabs Hop's chin, knife still poised between his ribs. How do you want to play tonight, Robbie? I like the knife, personally, but my friend, he is partial to ropes. Your choice, Robbie. Hop jerks his head away and whimpers. This is not how it's supposed to go. This is a nightmare. Exactly, a tiny voice in his mind whispers. That's what it's supposed to be. But you made it into something else, didn't you? You made it into your personal fantasy of him. I'm sorry, I didn't. This is not... Please... A black claw suddenly emerges from the right eye of the man in front of him and his mouth falls open in surprise. Blood runs down his face out of the ruin of his eye as the claw retreats and the guard topples over, vanishing below Hop's line of sight. There is no trace of the other man, Instead, his stranger is standing right in front of Hob, clad in black leather, his clawed hand lifted, his hair wild, his face terrible and grim. Shadows dance around him like smoke and feathers, some curling and writhing like tentacles. It's like he is pulling the night around him like a cloak. His teeth are sharp, his eyes are like black pits, and Hop is afraid for the first time since the dreams have started. He is suddenly absolutely sure that this is his stranger, not just a dream. He is here, in Hop's nightmare. And Hop is afraid he's done something wrong again. The stranger says, and his voice is like a grinding millstone. Hop shivers and tries to right himself, but slips in the blood pooling at his feet and falls against the wall with a small cry, limp in his shackles. A bloody claw slowly traces his jaw and pricks the skin underneath his chin as it tilts his head up. He meets his stranger's eyes and swallows heavily. Thank you, he whispers, but the Nightmare King leans closer and shows his shark's teeth in a snarl. Hope you don't know. What are you doing? 
Hop feels his other clawed hand move up his torso, hook into the rib of his nightshirt where the knife cut into him, and pull. The shirt rips open further until his stranger's claw touches below his navel. Hop feels his whole body tremble with a mixture of fear and arousal, and another whimper escapes him. You would have a monster save you. Something in Hop rebels at the words, makes him speak despite the days he's in. You're not a monster, he gasps. His stranger makes a sound like the creaking of an old door that, Hop realizes after a second, is laughter. I am the monster of all monsters, and you would have me touch you. Two more hands of his stranger have moved to grab his wrists while the first trails down his throat. The second lays flat against his belly, claws pricking the soft skin of his lower abdomen. Hop wonders how many limbs he can have. Probably as many as he wants. He feels almost sick with dread, but still he shakes with a want he cannot explain. This is your dream. The shackles are your own fantasy. Hop. You dream yourself at my mercy. Hop moans at the words, at the truth of them. The king pushes himself against Hop, chest against chest, Hop's blood staining his black leather coat. He murmurs in his ear. Each time I have come, Closer. Next time, I will rip you to shreds. Do you still wish these dreams to continue? Hop swallows back a whine and resists the urge to strain up against his friend. Arousal and anxiety are making him confused, and all he can do is press his cheek against his strangers and say, I miss you. His stranger freezes, but Hop continues, lips against cold skin, tears stinging his eyes again. I miss you so much, all the time, for centuries. I'll take anything, any scrap of your time. Insolent human. The stranger growls and lets go of him. He leans back and Hop gapes. There's a tiny glow emanating from his friend's chest. 
It's a rosy color and pulsates slowly. His friend is staring down at it with the same surprise as Hob. He does not look quite as monstrous anymore, his hands no longer claws, his eyes wide with white stars in their midst. Hop reaches out, the shackles suddenly gone, but before he can touch the glowing spot, his friend lifts his head to look at him, and Hop sees the panic in his eyes, his mouth falling open. Hop shakes his head, whispers, please don't, but the stranger is already speaking. This dream is over.